everybody. Welcome back to Thrillers by the Book Club podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Olivia. And we are so excited to be talking to you today about thrillers. Um, Yeah, I can't stop smiling. Why are you smiling? Only because we had like a really cool guest today that I got to talk to. And I don't know. It's only like my favorite author of all time. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So for everyone listening, I was not able to do the interview today so we did it before this and yeah. I'm kind of excited because it's like I get the experience of listening to our podcast like a listener because I actually have no idea what's gonna happen yeah it's gonna be very fun yeah she's got a lot of great things to say we talked about Karen Slaughter's new book after that night which is coming out uh today um so that was pretty oh, cool so, enjoy we have a very special guest with us today I am so honored and thrilled to be uh, talking to the wonderful Karen Slaughter today. Karen is the author of 21 novels with 40 million copies sold in 120 countries. She created Will Trent, which is now an amazing TV series on ABC. And today, after that night, her latest book in the Will Trent series will be publishing. So welcome, Karen. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so excited to have you here. Okay, so first of all, after that night, I'm dying to talk about this book. Um, so can you tell us a little bit what it's about? Yeah, I'm so horrible at elevator pitches, but <laughs> I'll give it a try. Um, so obviously it has Will Trent and Sarah Linton in it. If you've only seen the show, Sarah will be introduced soon, we hope. But uh, it starts off, Sarah is a doctor working at Grady Hospital, and this is three years before present day. She's flirting with a, a new guy named Will Trent that she's interested <laughs> in. And uh, she gets pulled away by an urgent case and a patient needs her attention and something really horrible has happened to this patient. And then we fast forward three years later, and Sarah is in a relationship with Will Trent. But there's something that happened to this patient that connects in some way to something really bad that happened to Sarah 15 years ago. And there are crimes still happening in the present day. And fortunately, Will Trent works for the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. So he's able to help Sarah figure out what happened after that night. Okay. So I'm a huge fan of the series. So we're talking like, Sarah's origin story, right? That like was hinted at all the way back in Blindsided. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh and you gosh. know, it was something that I just, I knew I wanted to write about. I had to have, find the right time and the right story. And this just seemed like a perfect fit. Okay. My question was gonna be like, what made you decide that now's the time, right? We, we've had how many, we've had tons of books seeing Sarah uh, throughout through the Grant County series. And then as she enjoyed the Will Trent series. Was there something about this time of, you know, life that sounded like the right time? I think so. You know, um, when I first started writing, I write obviously very honestly about mm -hmm. violence, about violence against women and men. I, no one really cares if I kill a bunch of men, apparently, in my books. But <laughs> no, <Nope>, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I, I had one book where like, Six guys were killed and they were like, oh, that's a good book. And then the next one, one woman was killed and they said, oh, that's so violent. Yeah. Um, so uh, we as a society, we never protect women so much as after they are dead. When I first started writing, it was just me, Mo Hader in, in England, who was a wonderful writer. She passed away recently. Kathy mm -hmm. Reichs, 
Patsy Cornwell. We were the women who were writing what was considered yeah. muscular stories, right? And mm -hmm. they said muscular because they were like, she writes like a man. What word can I use? <laughs> and I remember earlier in my career, like I had an editor who tried to take out every time I wrote the word rape in a book, she wanted to change it to hurt. Um, oh. And there's there's a reason she's not editing me anymore. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that we've, this as a society, we've just changed a lot. Our perceptions have changed since that first book. We've had mm -hmm. Me Too. Mm -hmm. We've had people saying, hey, well, maybe rape is not okay. And maybe what? sexual weird. Weird. Maybe sexual harassment is bad. And <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why I felt like this was a good time. You know, as everybody's talking about the quote unquote backlash to Me Too, it's like, okay, well, Me Too was about 10 minutes. You've had 2,000 yeah. years of right. rape. And, right. So let's just give us a little more time to be upset about this. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, let me write about this from Sarah's perspective. She's you know, I hate using the term likable, that she is a character people mm -hmm. root for and really yep. care about. And let's have her talk about this. And through her lens, it was interesting to explore all the terrible shit that women do to other women who are sexually mm. assaulted. And mm -hmm. I'm not, I should say, hashtag not all women, but there's a lot of women out there who have judgments about women yeah. who are assaulted. And, you know, in many ways, they can be worse than men. You know, I'm, and it all boils down to I would never do that. I would never be in a bar. I would never uh, yeah. talk mm -hmm. to that guy. I would never go on a, you know, a bubble. And it's like, you don't know what you'd do. And yeah. we have all been through our 20s when we did stuff that legitimately, if there had been a serial killer, we totally would be dead now. Right. Yeah. I mean, we right. just got lucky. We went left instead of right that day. And so, it, you know, it's it's a crime that happens all the time, every few minutes, every few seconds, if you include the world, but every few mm -hmm. minutes, America. And it's the only crime where we say where we put judgment onto the victims in such a negative way. You know, your partner would not be murdered and the police say, well, yeah, it's I'm sorry about that. but do you want us to investigate this? Because it's going to be really difficult for you if we find out who murdered this person. And yeah. they do that with rape. And, you know, mm -hmm. is it completely unwarranted? Maybe not, because it's very rare that men who rape are punished for rape. It's very mm -hmm. rare that they go to prison. It's very mm -hmm. rare that they go to trial. It's very rare that there's a, a big investigation. You know, and that's yeah. one of the things about the backlash. We want to worry about the 0.05% of men who get wrapped up in this and not the 100% of women who are raped. So this was, you know, I love this opportunity to talk about all those negative perceptions we put on victims, how they have to meet a certain standard in order to be a quote unquote good victim, um, how it helps if she's white and pretty uh, mm -hmm. and she dies, the bonus points, there's going to mm -hmm. be a lot. If she's pregnant, that's going to be the cover of People magazine. I mean, yep. it's just, it's crazy. Uh, it is. And, and women, I think we just need to just stop tearing each other down and start listening to each other and supporting each other. Because girls who aren't even teenagers get raped or molested. Mm -hmm. Women yep. who are in their 80s get raped. Yep. Why do we say these women, why do we put these these value judgments on these women and why don't we say men shouldn't rape? Right. I could not I could not agree more with you. I think that what you're talking about is as well as 
um, men who are committing these crimes getting away with it or the backlash for them. We have the um, the ending the backlog. There's a whole movement to try to end a backlog because there are how many rape kits? There are hundreds of thousands of rape kits right. that are sitting in like facilities not being tested because it's not a priority. It's correct. Mind boggling. A lot of the police officers don't believe rape is a crime. Yeah. They have this overinflated idea that women are just like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, where were you? The 1950s? A lot of women regret having sex with a guy, but they're not yeah. accusing him of rape because it's right. not like their virginity is going <laughs> to keep them from getting married yeah. and having their dowry paid out, right? Right. I mean, right. we're living in this. In 2023, in the year of our Lord, it's not an issue. So I think it's important to talk about those rape kits, too, that are not tested. Because in mm-hmm. every single county where rape tests, rape kit tests have been done, they found multiple hits. Yep. From uh, the same because, perpetrators. Yep. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. men who rape don't tend to rape just once. Nope. And who stop. rape their spouses are also raping other women. You mm-hmm. know, we talk about a lot of times... Men on the internet are sometimes they're hilarious because they'll they'll have their wife will have a baby and they'll be like, oh, I have a daughter and now I see that sexual harassment is wrong and I see women need support and it's like, okay, well, I'm glad that that's what it now. Like, what about all those times you could have been respectful to women at any other point in your life? What it took was the one girl that you're not allowed to have sex with, (laughs) and you're like, wow, she's a human being. (laughs) Um, Weird. You know, they say, oh, uh, I'm a father. This woman could be my daughter or my sister or my mother. And we need to accept that these men who rape are our brothers. There are sons. There are fathers. There are uncles. Mm -hmm. They are connected to our community. They're not Mm -hmm. out there wearing disguises. They're not for some reason, I don't know where this came from, putting on dresses and pretending to be women to go into the women's restroom. No, no. Because why would you go into a public place where you can be interrupted when you just hang out outside and follow yeah. her somewhere, right? Which is more likely mm-hmm. to happen than anything. Yeah. It's a woman feeling safe in one place gets followed to the unsafe place. So, you know, I I think we need to really stop ex- making it out that these men who commit this crime are not sometimes pillars of our community, sometimes mm-hmm. They are in our society and we see one side of them. You know, a lot of times if a man is accused of rape, there, people will say, well, he's never done that to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, OK, well, would mm-hmm. you say about Jim Jones? Well, he never offered me Kool-Aid, yes. right? <laughs> so he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I would totally hang out with him. Right, yeah. No. Ted Bundy never murdered me. He, I yeah. mean, he was nice. Good. He helped me change my tire. He didn't abduct me. I follow this account on Twitter. And this woman finds these men who are convicted. And, and let's be honest, a very small amount of women. Very small. Sexual offenders. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she'll post their picture of a pastor or a youth minister or a Boy Scout leader. And all she says is not a drag queen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just so, yeah. I mean, I, it, I, sometimes I have to like mute the account. I mean, because mm-hmm. there's like a new one every day, right? Sometimes there's yeah. two or three. Because I think, oh, my God, these guys, you know, they just look so, quote, unquote, normal. Mm-hmm. And even even though I've been writing about this kind of thing off and on for years, I, I still have that knee jerk. Oh, wow. He's a, just a sweet old man. I just didn't expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is part of the cover, right? Yeah. What we're seeing is the cover. Who they really are, that's who their victims see. So pivoting a little bit into, into writing and to the book, well, just writing in general. 
you write these stories that are a lot about female victims and we have a lot of violence, as you mentioned. But what inspires you to write a story? Like David Baldacci says in his masterclass on that masterclass app or whatever, that he has a writer's prism that gets activated. So like what what activates your writer's prism? Well, Dave, prism, man. I don't know how I'll get it. That's some matrix stick shit right there. Yeah, I know, um, right? <laughs> you know, I I think for me, I remember I was talking to Sarah Waters many, many years ago, and she said something so incredibly poignant, which not unexpected considering the book she writes, but she's <laughs> like, people don't understand writing is just 10 minutes of absolute fun, and yeah. the rest of it is just hard work. And it's true. Yeah. So, you know, you're like, you're thinking of an idea and you're like, oh, they're going to do this and this and this. It's going to be so cool and blah, 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 blah. And then you have to sit down and figure and out. Yeah. So it's hard. like, yeah. How am I going to express this through character? How am I going to keep suspense? Where am I going to have the softer moments and the hard, you know, all of that. That's the hard work of being an author. Yeah. What is what do you think is the most challenging part for you to nail? Is it the opening pages, that muddled middle or the ending? You know, I think about my work before I write. I kind of plan it out in my head and I, I write in sections. I have a, a cabin in the North Georgia mountains. I go two weeks at a time and then I take a week off and mm-hmm. go back and forth like that until it's done. And and during that week off, I'm thinking about the next thing and mm-hmm. kind of like a zombie because it's like I'm just so caught up in what's going to come next. And so by the time I sit down, I am very clear about what that section is going to be. Okay. Um, you know, and I know there's like, are you a pot- plotter or a pantser? Yes. And I think I'm a little of both. Yeah. I, I think it's very important for me as a writer that the plot makes sense mm-hmm. and that I play fair with the reader. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, but then it's like, okay, well, if you play fair, if you're not going to have a butler show up on page 50, right, right, then you're going to have to just accept there's going to be a small amount of really clever readers who are going to figure it out because you've given yep. them the clues and you have to make sure that you are still making the book interesting for them. And yeah. so that's a really delicate balance. And I have to have that plot down pat. So that I'm not having to go back and put clues in and red herrings and all that and, you know, twist and turns to misdirect. But the pantser part comes in with the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. I think knowing the plot so solidly gives me the opportunity to explore how my characters react to this and, and where it's going to leave them more importantly. Because in my books, I want to make sure that if you read the first Will Trent, you can see the evolution of him if you mm-hmm. keep reading through the series. But I also yep. have to write a book like After That Night, assuming no one's ever read about Will and Sarah before. So right. I want to make sure that new readers know exactly what they need to know, but longtime readers are still rewarded. It just seems like a very challenging balance, particularly with the longstanding series, because we do see Will Trent's arc from where he starts out with, I know that I can see her face. The yeah. Yes, when she starts out with Angie. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Also perfect casting, by the way. I don't think yeah. they could have cast anyone else better for Angie, but they started with her and then getting all the way to his time now with Sarah is like seeing his growth over all of those books. Tracking that has got to be like such a, a mind. <laughs> like how do you track someone's entire evolution? <laughs> well, they feel like real people to me because yeah. they've spent, I've since, you know, with Will in particular, I've had him in my head for 11 books with Sarah. I've got mm-hmm. I don't know how many books add, add them all together. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, someone like Angie, I think Erica Christensen does an amazing job on the show, mm-hmm. but she's definitely darker in the books in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. That you, I mean, I get, I get, because, you know, Erica's doing such a tremendous job. You wouldn't want to waste that character. But Angie is a very toxic person in the books. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I wanted to write about a man who is in a relationship that is abusive and the abuse comes from a woman. And she is very emotionally controlling and abusive yes. toward Will, which mm-hmm. is why when people are like, oh, I wish Will was it with Angie, I think. Oh, wow, no. You must Uh-oh. really Uh-oh. hate him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> There's something that's being missed there. Maybe yeah, those are people yeah. that have only seen the show and haven't read the books because, uh, no. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Why would you? I yeah. thought you liked Will. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? All right, well, we have a couple minutes left, but I did want to ask you, we are a Thrillers by the Book Club podcast, which means that we talk about books as if we were in a book club together. Mm-hmm. And I think you had a recommendation you wanted to share with folks. I do. I'm going to sneak a couple others in before I do this. Yeah. Um, Jean Kwok is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. Wanda Mm -hmm. Morris, Mary Kay Andrews, uh, Jocelyn Jackson. Those Mm -hmm. are some of my favorite writers. Lisa Unger, Alifair Burke, Kate White. But I want to talk about another friend of mine, Deneen Milner, who is an an amazing person, um, but also a terrific writer, a New York Times bestselling author. Um, And her new book is One Blood. It's mm-hmm. coming out September 5th of this year, so right around the corner. Um, and it's about three generations of women, an adoptive mother, a birth mother, and the daughter that brings them together. And it's such a powerful story. And the three women are, you know, struggling with generational trauma and healing. And it's, it's I love the setting because it's Virginia and New York, you know, it's like the great migration to New York during yeah. the civil rights movement. I mean, it just is such a powerful family story, but it's also a story about the country and about the world and the the evolution of America, which, except for Florida. Um, And, you know, it's it's amazing. And I'm talking about these heavy themes, but the fact is, Danine is just such an amazing writer. You don't see it. She's like a swan. You know, Mm. the swan moves majestically across the water and you don't realize their feet are paddling like hell underneath. Yeah. Uh, And that's the kind of writer she is. She just really hits all of the marks. That is fantastic. So that is One Blood by Deneen Milner coming out September 5th from Forge Books. And I think this I think in the notes I saw like this is a five star for you, right? Love this. Oh, yeah. All five star. Yeah. I think one of your questions is what didn't work? And I'm like, well, I cannot think of anything that didn't work. (laughs) What's not working is the question. Um, yeah (laughs) yeah it really is close to uh, one of the most perfect books I think maybe Mary Carr's first um, memoir might be close to that you'd have to really go back and this is based on some experiences that Janine had in her own life but Mm -hmm. I mean it really is she's like a poet it's just so well done that is fantastic after that night is yes. Karen's book coming out today, August 22nd. Um, Karen, this has been such a highlight for me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. And listeners, I know you're going to be out picking up the book if you haven't already pre-ordered it. If you haven't, I don't know what's wrong with you, but make sure you pick the book up. And congratulations, Karen, on another amazing book. Thank you. Thanks. So that was Yay. the interview. Oh my gosh, oh my Chelsea. God, it's so 
that was an interview and it happened. And you and, and it happened. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so interview. Yay. You're such a great actress, Chelsea. I'm so Thank you. proud of you. Thank you so much. I try. I'm very committed. You know, I just words things. Yeah. Anyway, um, Hello. how are you doing? Um, good. Really good. It's been just like a really busy time. I saw my mom last week, which was mm-hmm. nice for her birthday. It was it was good. Yeah. And then so that's really like just been it. I was supposed to go to Spokane this weekend, had a mm-hmm. whole traffic situation. Plus add in my Swiss cheese brain where I forgot my wallet at home. So I had to come back. No. Like it was a whole situation. So anyway, I'm at That's home. Hilarious. I'm not, I'm not visiting my friend, which sucks, but it's Aww. okay because oh, I'm so sorry. I'll have more time just to read. Oh, oh yes. I've been reading lately and currently good. reading it. It takes monsters by Mandy McHugh. Oh, so okay. good. So good. Really? We'll be, I'll, talk, I'll be talking about it on a future episode for sure. Oh, good. I'm excited. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm happy you're kind of like getting back into the swing of reading. Swing of reading. Yeah, it's all yeah. good. No, How are good. you doing, my friend? I'm good. I am just enjoying August. I'm going to be decorating for Halloween this weekend. So <laughs> that's exciting. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's. it seems like I've waited long enough. It's time to decorate my home. So I'm very excited about that. I've been watching Love Island, which is the messiest season of all time, um, which I'm obsessed with. Yes, I love drama. And this, oh my gosh, this season is very dramatic. If anyone out there watches Love Island USA, please DM me because I have so many thoughts and feelings and emotions that I'm just like, this freaking season is <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible yeah. in the best way. Okay. And so okay. I'm doing that. Wait. Sorry, let me ask you. Are you watching The Bachelorette? Obviously. Okay. So the reason I'm asking, one, didn't don't they usually have Love Island during this? No, not Love Island. Yeah, Bachelorette, Bachelor, Bachelor's Paradise. That's it. Oh, so they not doing the Bachelor in Paradise, but it's later. So usually they do it in the summer. So I think they're going to do yeah. it next summer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Right. Good question. Thank no. you. I was it's like, I felt like the schedule is a little off, right? Because she it should be over. <laughs> it's a little off. Well, especially because they're doing Golden Bachelor now, which is the seven-year-old oh, guy that's right. Jerry. Yeah. So oh, he's I've got to watch that season. Yeah, he's precious. At first I was like, this is going to be boring. And then I watched a little interview with him and I was like, Jerry is my favorite human alive and I have to know how his journey ends. I think it's going to be so cool because it is the, when you're in your 20s, you think you know everything, but you don't know shit, but everyone's beautiful. But then you're in your 70s, you know everything. And you're like, yeah. you know what you're going to tolerate, what you're not going to tolerate, what works, what doesn't. And, you know, yeah. you know, it's looks aren't as big of a deal anymore. And he already was with his wife for like 40 years. So he already oh. has like that. So now he's like, I just want someone to be my companion. And like, it oh. is the sweetest, cutest oh. thing ever. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can't wait. It's, I cannot wait. I think that one's in September. I will. I am going to commit to watching it because I think that it's going to yeah. have a totally different vibe and I'm definitely going to be into it. Yeah. And I can't wait to see I'm all of the old ladies in their like 50s, 60s, 70s being catty as fuck. <laughs> I know. I know. Or are they going to even? Who knows? Maybe they're just going to be they're like, all just sweet. And then it just yeah, teaches all, all of us like, him. hey, let's not, you know, let's all support women. Women support women. 
that. I think that's awesome. So we'll see how it goes. But there's that. And then last night, we did something super fun for my sister's birthday. We went to Dine in the Dark, which oh, is yeah. oh, like, oh, uh-huh. so cool. Uh-huh. But say what it is. So okay, so Dine in the Dark is a restaurant that is completely in the dark. Um, and so you go in and it's supposed to make like your other senses more aware. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, yeah, you're supposed to notice more things. And so we did that and it was so fun. So you can't obviously can't see anything. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll be able to see a little. No, I could not see a single thing, which was awesome. <laughs> and so you're just, just feeling your plate like, OK, there's yes. my food as my hand is in my food now. <laughs> yes. Yes, nice. it's like all stuff you can eat with your hands. There was oh, one good. thing okay. that we kind of had to use a fork, which is hilarious because that's so hard to eat with a fork. <laughs> In the dark. I bet it is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But everything else was you eat with your hands. They don't tell you what you're eating. And so it's you just kind of taste it and try to figure out what it is, which was really fun. It was awesome. That's so cool. Well, you know, good things happening. Good things good going things on. Are you, are you reading anything? I am. I okay. am reading. I'm currently reading Suddenly a Murder. I don't know oh. if you've seen that. It's by no. Lauren Munoz. And it's like a YA 1920s theme murder mystery weekend. Oh, is, so, yeah. in, so into that. Yes, 100%. Yes, it's very good so far. So okay. it's, it's going. It's nice. Going well. All right. Well, let's jump over to Pup Day. Let's do it. Okay. So... Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, and I have five books I'm highlighting today. And obviously, the biggest one is the one you just heard us talking about or uh, heard Karen talking about. Um, After That Night by Karen Slaughter. It's a mystery thriller from William Morrow. After That Night, Everything Changed. Fifteen years ago, Sarah Linton's life changed forever when a celebratory night out ended in a violent attack that tore her world apart. Since then, Sarah has remade her life, a successful doctor, engaged to a man she loves, and has finally managed to leave the past behind her. Until one evening, on a call in the ER, everything changes. Sarah battles to save a broken woman who's been brutally attacked. But as the investigation progresses, led by GBI Special Agent Will Trent, it becomes clear that Danny Cooper's assault is uncannily linked to Sarah's. And the past is going to, isn't going to stay buried forever. That Sounds is so after that night. Oh, I just want to say again, like, I remember reading this, like I've been reading the series, whatever, for a while, but that they're finally addressing, you know, Sarah's Linton's origin story is really, I'm just really excited. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one up. I'm so excited for this book. It is I'm Not Done With You Yet by Jesse Q. Sutanto. This is a thriller from Berkeley. Yeah. So the cover is like that black cover and it has the two women like opposite facing each other on the top and the bottom. So Jane is unhappy, a struggling mid-list writer whose novels barely command four figures. She feels trapped in an underwhelming marriage, just scraping by to pay a crippling Bay Area mortgage for a house, a life she's never really wanted. There's only one, there's only ever been one person she cared about, one person who truly understood her, Talia, Jane's best friend and best and only friend nearly a decade ago during the creative writing days at oxford it was the only good year of jane's life cobblestones and books and damp english air heady wine and sweet cider and talia endless talia everything up until talia i was like 100 percent. that is like my dream that would be yeah, yeah, yeah. life okay oh, yeah. but then oh, one cool. night ruined everything 
the blood-soaked night that should have bound Talia to Jane forever, but instead made her lose her completely. Talia disappeared without a trace, and Jane has been unable to find her since. Until now, because there she is. Her name is at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. A Most Pleasant Death by Talia Ashcroft. When she discovers a post from Talia on her website about attending a book convention in New York City in a week. Can't wait to see you there. Jane can't wait either. She'll go to New York City to credit card, bill be damned. And this time she'll do things right. Jane won't lose Talia again. Like creepy women obsession just gives me, oh, so creepy. Um, Yes, that sounds good. That's all good. Right. Okay, the next one is a true crime book. It's called Trail of the Lost by Andrea Linkford from Hatchet. As a park ranger with the National Park Service law enforcement team, Andrea Linkford led search and rescue missions in some of the most beautiful and dangerous landscapes across America, from Yosemite to the Grand Canyon. But though she had the support of the agency, Andrea grew frustrated with the service's bureaucratic idiosyncrasies and left the force after 12 years. Two decades later, however, she stumbles across a mystery that pulls her right back where she left off. Three young men have vanished from the Pacific Crest Trail, the 2,650-mile trek made famous by Cheryl Strade's Wild, and no one has been able to find them. It's bugging the hell out of her. Andrea's concern soon leads her to a wild environment unlike any she's ever encountered, missing persons Facebook groups. Andrea launches... uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I find it so I have so many thoughts about this. Andrea launches an investigation, joining forces with an eclectic team of amateurs who are determined to solve the cases by land and by screen. A mother of the missing, a retired pharmacy manager, and a map maker who monitors terrorist activity for the government. Together, they track the activities of kidnappers and murderers, investigate a cult, rescue a psychic in peril, cross paths with an unconventional scientist, and reunite with an international fu- and reunite an international fugitive with his family. Searching for the missing is a brutal psychological and physical test with the highest stakes, but eventually their hardships begin to bear strange fruits, one that leads them to places and people they never saw coming. That sounds so good. So good. So this is like a an investigative law enforcement park ranger who like can't deal with the stuff anymore then yeah. goes into facebook groups like of the missing people ah oh. oh my god web sleuths are changing yeah. the game okay that's cool like that's actually such an interesting topic to me i'm really interested in how people get into yeah me too me too so that is trail of the lost a true crime a novel from Andre- andrea lankford all right we have a couple more in the damage path by katherine romsald Now, this is a mystery thriller from Level Best Books. So I'm going to say a note. This is the author who is a forensic psychologist that's written several books, including the book with BTK and was the famed mentor of the Idaho's Killings Killer. So this is Catherine Romsald. Whoa. Okay. So she's written a lot of nonfiction. This, I think, is her first fiction novel. So I'm saying that because, like, you know, she knows the forensic psychologist shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Forensic psychologist Annie Hunter runs a PI agency. She pits her talented, quote-unquote, nutcrackers team against Tommy Ray Bruder, Uh. who snatched her best friend Haley when Annie was 14. Annie made a pledge back then to find her. Bruder was caught for another crime, but he refused to say what happened to Haley. From prison, he's been writing coded poems to entice podcasters to get him released. 
These same codes offer Annie new clues for locating Haley, but she must do this before Bruder walks free. Her efforts provoke Bruder's former partner, a dangerous man with his own damaged path. Annie's promise to find Haley imperils her entire team. So that is in the damage path. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. And last one is Unconditional Revenge by Laura Snyder. This is a legal thriller from Severn House. A deadbeat with a criminal past, a husband with a dark secret. When two seemingly unconnected cases collide, Ashley Montgomery will will risk everything to right her wrongs and chase down the truth in this riveting legal thriller. When Oliver Banks is charged with an attempted murder after hitting a pedestrian with a car, defense attorney Ashley Montgomery is hesitant to take his case. Something is off about Oliver, and when troubling new information emerges, she begins to suspect he might be entangled in something far worse than this one crime. Struggling to keep her PI agency afloat, Katie agrees to investigate a new client's husband. Bruce Ross has been spending all his time in the garage but refusing to let anyone inside, and his pregnant wife, Vivian, is concerned about his behavior. But as Katie learns more about the family, she begins to suspect that Vivian isn't telling the whole story either, especially when she discovers a connection between the Ross family and Ashley's client, Oliver. As they work to uncover their client's secrets, Ashley and Katie soon realize that the two cases are intertwined. Now they must work together to figure out the big picture before a secret plan results in a terrible tragedy. And that is called Unconditional Revenge by Laura Snyder, which I find it really interesting of the this idea that a defense attorney is a PI. So that's Unconditional it. Revenge by Laura Snyder. And those are the books that are coming out today, Pub Day, August 22nd. Congratulations, authors and readers. I hope you found something new to listen to or to read this week. Did you have any additions? I did not. Those were okay. all awesome. Yeah, I don't have really? anything that I need to add. So, yeah. Perfect. Yay. Oh. Awesome. All right, Chelsea, tell me about your book. All right. So my book is called The Only Survivors by Megan Miranda. Um, book came out in April of 2023, and a lot of you will probably know her from all the missing girls, The Last House Guest, Such a Quiet Place, The Last to Vanish. Um, and I just talked about the girl from Widow Hills. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I didn't. I will talk about it in the future. Okay. Um, so we have all of those. And so she's written quite a few books. I've heard a lot of people love some and don't love others, which is interesting. This one, I loved it. It's about the 10th anniversary of this tragedy where two vans full of high school students go over a cliff into a ravine and kill the students and teachers. So these two vans go off a cliff. Nine students are able to escape into the river. But one year later, one of the survivors dies by suicide. So as the 10th anniversary approaches, nine goes down to eight as another of the group also commits suicide. Oh, so wow. it's like, what is happening? These are the survivors, but there's something weird going on. So the group decides to create an annual retreat to be together on the anniversary in hopes that their numbers don't keep going down. So they're like, let's try to like be a support team for each other. And every year on the anniversary, we'll be together. So this year, Cassidy does not want to attend. She's worked really hard to distance herself from the others. But last minute, she changes her plans and she comes to the retreat, but she feels like something is off. 
not only is a storm coming, but now one of the remaining seven is missing. And they can't help but wonder if the same thing is happening again. The setting is on the Outer Banks on the coast of North Carolina, Mm -hmm. which is perfect for like this storm, this like dark type atmosphere where just like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the the setting, the characters. You have Cassidy, who is this the main character, and she's a girl who's trying to distance herself from all of her old friends. Then you also have the other survivors of the crash, which are Josh, Brody, Hollis, Amaya, Oliver, and Grace. And they all have kind of like their own things going on. So my thoughts on this book, I thought it was a lot deeper than I originally imagined that it would be. It was really sad to read about the tragedy um, that happened and all of the complex emotions that went along with that tragedy of number one, the vans going over and then also the, the following suicides. The book switched from present time at their retreat to and used each individual perspective the night of the accident so every character had a chapter in the past which was cool because you could see what happened from like every single point of view and vantage point which i really liked it was very gripping from the beginning it got more and more claustrophobic as the story went on every character was interesting and unique which i thought was great so the trigger warnings are going to be death of a child drowning stalking death by suicide what didn't work for me is that the main twist was not really a surprise for me Mm -hmm. i thought it was pretty obvious and there were some slower parts when people were kind of giving the backstory but what worked is that even though the main twist wasn't a surprise there were still lots of little twists along the way which i thought was great and it made it really intriguing I think that it was the perfect summer thriller. I read it in the summer, so it was like the perfect summer thriller. It had really good character-driven mystery, and it was really twisted, so I gave it 4.5 stars. And similar books are Secluded Cabin Sleep Six by Lisa Mm -hmm. Unger and Nice Girls by Catherine Ding. Nice. This is great. Well, because, I mean, I've talked to you about this before. I, I really like the books that I like of hers. I really like. All right. So my book is called Girl 11 by Amy Sweeter Clark or Suter Clark. Ooh, I'm, I'm excited. Sure which... So this book came out in April of 2021. It is 352 pages and seven hours on audio. Definitely a psychological thriller. I cannot say strongly enough how much I recommend this on audio. And I'll talk about why. Okay. So it's written in a podcast style. So this is Ooh, a story about a woman wow. named Mel. Yeah, right. Her obsession with TCK, who is the countdown killer, and if he's gone back to killing after years of being dormant. So the countdown killer is obsessed with numbers, and they show up in the rituals for his killings. Three girls, each taken three days apart, each found dead on the seventh day from when they were kidnapped, each one with 21 lashes across their back, ages counting down from 20. So he did this throughout 96 and 97 until his last victim, a girl at age 11, escaped. So he was killing a 20-year-old, a 19-year-old, 18-year-old, 17-year-old, et cetera, right? Up and down until he got to um, age 11, who she escaped. Elle is a well-known investigative journalist podcaster whose new season is focused on the countdown killer. She's a former CPS worker. She isn't just a journalist. So she's got a lot of like emotional ties. She gets involved in the lives of the families impacted by her cases. 
more than just like a, you know, I'm here for a job. In the middle of the high stress season of this podcast, two things happen. One, a man sends her a tip. And when she goes to meet him, she finds him murdered. And two, the police department has brought her on as a consultant at the request of the family of another missing girl. So my review is, I love this book. The audio is chef's kiss. It's above and beyond. It has a full cast. The podcast chapters were episode transcripts. They had an intro and an outro. She had a Whoa. she had monologue voice notes of things that she wanted to include in the episode, but like we're talking to herself. You could hear background noise. There were different interviews. So there are different voices for like the actual I interviews she had on the podcast. Yeah. Such an enjoyable listening experience. The book itself was well plotted, always moving forward with red herrings galore. I was constantly like, what is going on? We spend a lot of time with Elle and get a lot of interiority from her, which I enjoyed. It was great to see her decision making and logic for the conclusions that she comes to. And I believed her as I went along with each of her crazy theories. It's set in either Michigan or Minnesota in December of 2019 and January 2020. So I was like, I they, when they were very clear what the dates were in there the whole time, I was like, oh, God, oh, God, is this going to go to pandemic? Like, how is she going to how is she going to solve this <laughs> before the pandemic? So I think it was already a stressor on top of it, too, of like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Trigger warnings are kidnap, murder and child abuse. What I felt worked was it felt like I was listening to an old timey radio program, like from, you know, like world world of the war of the worlds kind of situation. Right. Old timey radio. What didn't work was nothing. Everything worked. I was a five star read. Definitely one of my favorite books I've read this year. And uh, similar books are Night Swim by Megan Golden and any mm-hmm. other of those podcasty books that you might be looking for out there. So, okay. That yeah. sounds amazing. I yeah. am definitely going to get this book and on audio. Yeah. I seriously, it's so good. I just was like floored. This book floored me. So, yeah. yeah. No, that sounds great. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, Girl 11 by Amy Sweeter Clark. So, that's what I've been reading. And what you've been reading, listeners, how about you tell us what you've been reading? Go ahead and you can DM us. Where can they where can they find us, Chelsea? Well, if you want to DM us on Instagram, you can find us at Thrillers by the Book Club Pod. And if you want to DM me about Love Island, you can find me at Thriller Book Babe. Or if you want to talk about the books that I talked about today, talking about Karen Slaughter, or if you want to talk about writing or anything in general, I'm always open. Come talk with me at Olivia Day Wallace on Instagram. Yay. If you uh if you got some time to kill, read a thriller. Bye.